الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين استفاء أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا توبوا إلى الله توبة نسوحا سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us in Quran that we should not commit any sin that you should leave all the sins that you do outwardly and leave all the sins that you do inwardly. That person who does not do sin, that's called taqwa. Taqwa means not to do sin. Sometimes people wonder, what is a sin? A sin means to do anything that Allah Ta'ala doesn't want you to do. To, to say anything Allah Ta'ala doesn't want you to say. To think anything that Allah Ta'ala doesn't want you to think. And to feel anything that Allah Ta'ala doesn't want you to feel. All of this is sin. Our actions, our statements, our thoughts and our feelings can be sin. If they are against the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now this is the ideal. That if we could become people of taqwa, that we never do the sin in the first place. However, the reality is that a very large number of believers are not able to have absolute taqwa. We're not able to stay away from sin entirely. In other words, we end up committing a sin. We have a lapse in our taqwa. We fail in the primary objective, which was to stay away from sin. We couldn't do it. We ended up in sin. Now then the question arises that, what does the deen of Islam tell a person to do if they commit a sin? What are we supposed to do when we fail at taqwa? Is there a backup? Is there something we can now do? Is there some way we can redeem ourselves? Is there some way we can compensate? Is there some way we can make it up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And even better, is there some way we can erase that sin? Is there some way we can get rid of the sin that we just did it? We just did the sin. We got the benefit of the sin. We did the sin for pleasure. We got the pleasure of sin. Is there some way I can delete this sin? Can I erase this sin? Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made something like that in our deen. It's called Toba. Imagine if in our deen there was no such thing as Toba. Imagine that once you didn't do a sin, there's no way to erase it. There's no way to delete it. I don't think any one of us will have any hope or any chance on the Day of Judgment. What would we do? <laughs> like imagine there's clothing and if you stain it, there's no way to wash it. What would you do? <laughs> imagine if yourself, you get dirty, there's no way to wash it. What would you do? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is one of His greatest mercies, infinite mercy, that He made something called Tawbah. 
He created a path for us. There are very few people who can say, I'm going to enter Jannah through the door of taqwa. But maybe tonight some of us can realize and make this intention that we want to try to enter Jannah through the door of Tawbah. So this is where Allah says in Quran, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu Oh, all of you who believe, each and every one who has professed belief, everyone who has iman, tubu ilallah, that you must make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But not just any tawbah, a particular type of tawbah, called tawbah al-nusuha, you have to make sincere repentance, real repentance, true repentance, heartfelt, repent, heartfelt repentance, remorseful repentance, Tubu If you want to understand what happens when you make toba, so it's very easy. Today everybody has a cell phone. And in the cell phone there's one operation, one command, it's called delete. So you go into your messages and you hit delete. When you hit that delete button, it's gone. It's finished. It's erased. It's irretrievably erased. Just like that, Tawbah is Allah Ta'ala has given us a delete button for our sins. That's called Tawbah. And yes, if a person makes true Tawbah, it's as if they hit delete and it's erased and it's gone. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Then you know that in the phone, there's another command. It's Ajeeb. It's called delete all. Not that you select one message and one by one, you can, there's another command. It's called delete all. So you just hit delete all and everything gets erased. So Allah Ta'ala made a tawbah like that also. Astaghfirullah rabbi min kulli dhanbi. I seek the forgiveness of Allah, my Rabb, from all of my sins. Wa atubu ilay and I turn in tawbah to Him. If somebody makes Tawbah to Nusur, real, true, sincere repentance, even if they hit delete all, yes, Allah Ta'ala can erase all of a person's sins. Allah Akbar. Lifetime of sins. Years of sins. Millions of sins. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, At-ta'ibu min al-dhanbi kaman la dhanbalahu. The person who makes Tawbah from sin, it's as if he never did it. <laughs> It's as if he never ever did it. Allah Ta'ala wipes the record clean. Ajeeb. Allahu Akbar. Now look, in this world, you will never get anything like that. In the courts of this world, you will never get anything like that. What do I mean? If a person is accused of a crime, and then he's arrested, and they put him in jail, and he's awaiting trial, and then the court date comes... And he's innocent. He's not guilty. He's completely innocent. And then the date of the court comes and he goes to court and he defends himself and even the judge decides that yes, you are innocent and you are free to go. Alright. If afterwards he goes to the court clerk and says, I want you to erase the record of this case, the clerk will say, I will never do that. He says, no, I was innocent and I've been declared innocent by the court. So I want you to erase the record. They said, no, we will never do that. It will always remain on the record that you were suspected of a crime, that you were arrested for the crime, that you were put in jail to await trial for the crime. And yes, 
the last line will say, you were found innocent of the crime. But it will remain on the record. Even though he's innocent, it will always remain on the record. And look at Allah Ta'ala's mercy. We're guilty. We're not innocent. <laughs> we're 100% guilty as charged. But if a person makes tawbah to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala says, I forgive you for the sin and I erase it from the record. Allah Akbar. What is the record? There are several records of sin. First record of sin, kiraman katibin. There are two angels, literally. Literally two angels appointed for everyone. And the one on the left shoulder, he records the sin. When a person makes true tawbah, Allah Ta'ala erases that angel's memory of that sin. Another record is our book of deeds. Is our book of deeds. It doesn't omit anything from the Sahir Kaba'it <coughs> record of all the small sins and the major sins. A person when they stand on the Day of Judgment, Allah Ta'ala says, What is it about this book? It is not omitted, it is not left out. Any sin that I did, even small or great. But if a person makes true tawbah, Allah Ta'ala erases it from their book of deeds. Then the earth upon which we commit sin. The earth also testifies against us on the Day of Judgment. If a person makes true tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala erases the memory of the earth about that sin. Then our own body, the tongue with which we sin, the hand with which we sin, our own body also will testify against us on the Day of Judgment. If a person makes tawbah, Allah ta'ala erases the memory of the body. So four witnesses to sin. If a person makes tawbah, Allah ta'ala deletes the memory banks of all of the four witnesses. Allah Akbar. Even though the person was guilty, <laughs> he did the sin. He got the benefit of the sin. Whatever reason he did the sin, he got the reason. He got the objective. Still, if he makes tawbah, Allah Ta'ala will forgive him and erase that sin. So now the question is, what is Tawbatun Nasuha? This is the biggest thing. It's not just any Tawbah. It's this particular type of Tawbah. What does it mean to make real, true, sincere repentance? So our Mashaikh and Ulama, they've done tafsir of this ayah. They've explained to us what are the conditions that make a Tawbah really true and sincere. First condition is that a person must have niya intention that they will never ever do that sin again in the future. It can't be that they're asking, saying sorry to Allah Ta'ala, but inside their heart they plan to do it again. They intend to do it again. They're not really going to leave it. They did it, they feel bad, they say sorry, make a stikfar, but they had no intention to leave it. That's not Tawbah to Nasu. They have to really intend that they will leave that sin. Otherwise, <coughs> if we are making toba, but we intend to do the sin, then that toba itself requires a toba. That toba itself is fake, it's false, it's hypocritical, it's untrue. It's untrue. Now sometimes a person says, look, I don't know if I'm going to be able to leave it. I don't think I'm strong enough to be able to leave it. For toba, you don't have to have a guarantee that you're strong enough to leave it in the future. You just have to want to leave it in the future. Whether you're able to or not, that will be determined later. But at the moment of Tawbah, your heart's burning desire, your 100% niya intention is that I'm not going to repeat it in the future. 
It has to be your wish. It has to be your dream that you will live it, leave it in the future. <coughs> Second condition of true Tawbah is whatever was connecting you to that sin, you have to disconnect yourself from that connector. Maybe there were some friends who used to involve you in that sin. If you want to make true Tawbah from that sin, you have to leave those friends. Maybe there were some places that you went to, which are the places of those sin. If you want to make true Tawbah, you have to leave those places of sin. You have to leave the gatherings of sin. You have to leave the opportunity of sin. You have to disconnect yourself from the things that connected you to sin. In Dua Al-Qunut, when we make Dua, what do we say? وَنَخْلَعُوا وَنَتْرُكُوا مَنْ يَفْجُرُكُ We tell this to Allah Ta'ala. وَنَخْلُوا Allah Ta'ala We take seclusion. وَنَتْرُكُوا And we leave. مَنْ مَنْ Every such person يَفْجُرُكُ Who disobeys you. So we're actually saying this to Allah Ta'ala in our prayers. This is part of our du'as in Witr Salah. This is one of the du'as of Kunut. But many of us, we recite this du'a in Witr Salah. So we have to be true to our words. Yes, we leave everything and everyone that is disobeying you. Why? Because the bad company is what brings us back into sin. What's going to break this toba? Who is going to bring us back to that sin? The bad friend. Imam al-Fazari, he said something in his Ihya'ul-Muddin. He said that a bad friend is worse than a poisonous snake. A bad friend, sinful friend. Friend who invites you to sin, peer pressure, pressurizes you to sin, is worse than a poisonous snake. Why? Because when the poisonous venomous snake stings you, the worst that can happen is that you end up in death. When the bad friend involves you and pressurizes you to, to sin, you may end up in the fire of Jahannam due to that sin. So it's more dangerous. Then he wrote something even further. He wrote, a bad friend is worse than shaitan. Allahu Akbar. Ajeeb. Now, sometimes a person may wonder, that's a bit exaggeration. Huh? How can the bad friend be worse than shaitan? The Imam Muslim explained. He said, the only thing shaitan can do is waswasa. He can only plant a thought, plant a suggestion to do sin. But the bad friend will use so much peer pressure, so many tactics, so many strategy, they'll even grab your hand and take you by the hand and they won't let go until you do that sin. That's why they're worse than shaitan. If you look in our deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to leave everything that even reminds us of sin. Sayyidina Rasulullah he taught in hadith, that if there were some people who used to drink alcohol, and they had particular glasses for that, you can call it like in today's term, wine glasses, the Prophet said you have to break those glasses. You have to break those glasses. Now the Akul says, no, I can keep the glasses, I can drink water in them, I can drink juice in them, whatever, I can drink halal beverages in them. Sharia says, no. Sharia says, you have to break those glasses, throw them away. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala was trying to protect us. Allah Ta'ala did not want us to be reminded of that sin. Allah Ta'ala didn't want us to do anything that resembles that sin. Man minhum. That if a person does the act of resembling and drinking from the wine glasses, even if it's water or grape juice, right? It's strange. Sometimes people, they like to make this sparkling grape juice, which looks just like the wine bottle, 
and has the foil just like the wine bottle and they want to pop it open like the wine bottle and they want to put on the wine glasses like the wine bottle. No. What do we need to resemble? We don't need that type of resemblance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants that we should leave everything that reminds us of sin. Fourth condition is that we should try to make up we sh- third condition, yeah. You printed it on two sides. <laughs> uh, the next condition is that you should try to make up. Make up for the sin by doing good deeds. And one very good thing is that if you can do what we call minjinse amal, to make up for the sin by doing a good deed from the same category. Trying to do a good deed from the same category. What does that mean? So for example, <coughs> if a person made sin of unlawful relations with non-mahram, so now they should try to do a good deed. So good deed may be, maybe there's some fellow Muslim brother or sister of theirs who wants to get married, has a prospective spouse, but they don't have the financial ability to get married. So you could support this person financially so that they can get married and they can guard their haya. So then you did a good deed to compensate the type of sin. Or if there was somebody who did the sin of drinking liquor and alcohol, so they could do a good deed, they could build a well in some poor Muslim country, tube well, water source, which is very cheap by the way, just a few hundred dollars. You can actually provide clean drinking water to some Muslim community, whether it's Africa, Asia, some very poor country. So he can make dua to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala, I used to drink haram, and now I'm trying to make up for it by helping people to drink halal, to give them pure water. So this is called to make up for the sin by doing a good deed from the same category, something resembling. Something resembling. Then... Now you can keep count, I won't keep count, right? <laughs> then the next uh, next point about Toba is that when you make Toba from one sin, you should try to leave the other sins also. I'll give you an example. If there's a diamond and you put that diamond in the gutter, you know gutter sewer, the sewerage, and it's lying there. If on top of it, I pour some clean water. So while I'm pouring the water, the diamond may get clean. But the second I stop pouring the water, the dirty water will again again flow over the diamond. So the only way to get the diamond clean is what? To take it out of the gutter. I have to take it out of my whole river of sins. Otherwise, if I pour toba on it, but I don't leave the rest of the sins, then okay, maybe while I pour the toba, I may get some cleanliness. But then again, all the other sins will flow over it. But if you take the diamond out of the river, the river of filth, the dirty water, then you don't, you just need few drops of water and the diamond will be clean. I'll give you another example. That if a person is standing in the middle of a garbage dump, then they can even pour a whole bottle of perfume on herself. She won't be fragrant because she's standing in the middle of the garbage dump. But if she takes herself out of the garbage dump, then she just needs few drops of perfume and she'll be fragrant. So the garbage dump is like our sins. 
and these perfume is like good deeds. So if, you know, lots, yes, we should make effort to do good deeds, more ibadat. But if you make one-time effort to make good deeds, you should make a million times the effort to leave sin. The massive effort in our deen is to leave sin. Because once you leave sin, then you left the garbage dump. Then just one or two drops of ithar makes you fragrant. And if you don't leave sin, and until and unless we leave sin, then no matter how much ithar we put, we're still in the garbage dump. So we have to leave sins, all the other sins. We have to at least make that intention, that not only am I leaving this sin, but I'm leaving all the other sins that I do. So that my entire life is entirely sin-free. Maybe a person also themselves used to invite others to sin. Also have to make tawbah for that. Maybe we were the bad friend. Maybe there have been times when we convinced a person to sin. We talked them into sin. We helped them sin. We guided them to sin. We were their partner in sin. So we have to make a special type of tawbah for that. First we should try to find that person. If we made tawbah, Allah Ta'ala gave us hidayah. We need to find those people, reach out to those people, email those people, whatever. At least share our story of tawbah with them. So they know that yes, it's possible for a sinner to change. Because look, that was my friend. He himself used to sin. In fact, he is the one who got me into the sin. And if it's literally something like that, that we used to push others into sin, then the way to make up for that is dawah. That the same way we used to pressure and push and guide and make people sin, now we should try to guide people towards the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Invite people to khair. We used to invite people to shar. Or we used to invite people to evil. We should invite people to good. To make up for the sin. To make up for the sin. If you see, I'll give you some examples from Sahaba Ikram. Very great story of great Sahaba. His name is Sayyidina Wahshir radiallahu ta'ala an. Now Sayyidina Wahshir radiallahu had a bad past. Bad past that when he was unbeliever, Hind, she, Hinda, she hired him. He was an assassin. And she hired him to assassinate the beloved uncle of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala an. And so then Washi, he went to the battle. And yes, he launched his spear and he was able to assassinate and he martyred, made shaheed, Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And then she had told him to do one more thing. She told him, not only should you kill him, you have to go to his body, cut open his chest and bring me his organs and his liver. Because I, Hinda, want to eat it. Allahu Akbar. Ajeeb. Allahu Akbar. And so Washi, he did that. He cut open his chest, the chest of Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and he took out his organs and he went back to her and he gave it to her. <coughs> now later on in life, he became a sahaba, he accepted iman. A big change. He accepted iman. It's a very ajeeb hadith. Sayyidina Rasulullah told Washi that, Oh Washi, you accepted Islam, but you should never come in front of me. Never come in front of me. Why? Now some people, they don't understand this. They don't understand the Prophet was the most forgiving person. He forgave. Sayyidina Rasulullah the Muhaddisin in their commentary of these give incredible commentary. They write that Sayyidina Rasulullah was worried for Washi. He loved his Sahaba. And he was worried that when Washi comes in front of me, naturally I will remember my beloved uncle. And I will be sad 
Because the Prophet loved Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu so much. He was so sad when he became Shaheed in Uhud. So, the Prophet thought that when a washi comes in front of me and I remember my beloved uncle, I will be sad when Allah Ta'ala sees the sadness in my heart. I'm worried. I don't want Allah Ta'ala to get upset with washi. So the whole life, Sayyidina Washir used to stay out of sight of the Prophet But he loved Sayyidina Rasulullah He used to look at him from behind, look at him from afar, look at him from the side. And then when the Prophet passed to, and he used to make dua to Allah Ta'ala, that Ya Rabbi Kareem, make me do something to make up for this sin. He was so shamed that he killed the uncle of the Prophet So Allah Ta'ala accepted his dua. He made sincere tawbah. <coughs> so Allah Ta'ala... <coughs> Allah Ta'ala accepted his du'a. How? After the Prophet passed away from this world, there was a person by the name of Musaylama, Musaylamatul Kazab. He was false prophet. He claimed to be a prophet. He was a liar. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and Sahaba, they went and they wanted to put him down. So Sayyidina Washi, he made du'a to Allah. Ya Allah, once you use this spear, once I use this spear in shar, I use this spear in evil. I killed the beloved uncle of Sayyidina Hamza. Yalla, I've been waiting my whole life. How can I make up for this? Allah Ta'ala, I see this is an opportunity for me. Allah Ta'ala, you bless me and you accept me. I want my spear to be the one that kills Musaylama. And Alhamdulillah, Ta'ala accepted it. And the Vashi became the one, the assassin, who assassinated Musaylama to Qazab. This is true Tawbah. This is what I was saying, making up from the bad deed by doing a good deed and the same thing. So he made dua Allah Ta'ala. He made tawbah to Nasus, so Allah Ta'ala made it happen. Allah Ta'ala accepted him. Allah Ta'ala accepted him to compensate for the sin with a good deed. Another very famous story of tawbah, Sayyidina Ka'b ibn Malik ta'ala anhu, Sahaba of Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now there was a battle called the Battle of Tabuk. And the Prophet and Sahaba were going to defend the believers. And Sayyidina Ka'b ibn Malik, he stayed back. Now his intention was that I will go, it's a very beautiful hadith, he narrates his own story. He says that I was thinking I'll go later. That I have a very fast camel and I'll catch up with the Prophet and the believers and I have few things to wrap up, few loose ends, let me finish them up. I'll go later. And he stayed back and he was wrapping up his loose ends and one thing led to another. And before you know it, Sayyidina Rasulullah Sahaba are back. They came back earlier than expected. That is a long story. But that whole affair got wrapped up quicker than people thought. And they came back. So then Sayyidina Kaab, he heard the news that Sayyidina Rasulullah and Sahaba are on their way back. Now he got worried. Ya Allah, I should have gone. I delayed. Right? And now already the Prophet and Sahaba are turned back. So I can't even go and catch up with them. So I didn't know what to do. So there were a few other people like that also. So when Sayyidina Rasulullah came back, he asked that bring them to me, the ones who didn't come. So one person went and they were a bit old, so the Prophet didn't come because I was old. Another person went, they gave some excuse, some excuse. So then Sayyidina Kaab and Malik, he was getting worried. And he says, it was time for me to go. And he says, and one of the people who went to the Prophet on his way back, they told me that, oh Kaab, don't worry. The Prophet is very forgiving today. Just make any excuse and the Prophet will forgive you. So Sayyidina Kaab said he heard the person and he went to the Prophet When he went to the Prophet he narrated, said, no, I couldn't lie to my beloved Prophet I couldn't make an excuse. So I told the truth. 
I said, Ya Rasulullah I have no excuse whatsoever. I just got lazy. I was just wrapping up some, basically it was season of his crops and I wanted to think that I would wrap up some agricultural work and then I would join you. And I ended up being late. So the honest truth is there is no reason, I have no valid reason. Now the other ones who gave different reasons, the Prophet forgave them and said, okay, it's fine. For him, Allahu Akbar. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that, okay, this is what happened. Sayyidina okay, we, no one will talk to you. We are going to wait until Allah Ta'ala says your tawbah is accepted. No sahaba will talk to you. No one will say salam to you. I, Prophet I will not talk to you. Allahu Akbar. Of Sayyidina Kaaba ibn Malik and Narayan, I went home and I said, I spent days like this. And he said it was the most difficult part of my life. And the expression used in Arabic is that the earth became constricted for me. Means it's an expression that we say in Urdu, the same thing they say in Arabic. It means that the earth became, it means it became difficult for me to live. Life itself became difficult for me. Living in a state like that, that your beloved Prophet is not talking to you, Sahaba are not talking to you. And he kept making tawbah, kept making tawbah, kept making tawbah, kept turning to Allah Ta'ala, kept turning to Allah Ta'ala, and eventually then Allah Ta'ala sent wahi, revelation on Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallam that I, Allah Ta'ala, have accepted the tawbah of Sayyidina Ka'ab ibn Malik. So then the Prophet told Sahaba, and one Sahabi, he went to Sayyidina Ka'ab ibn Malik and told him the good news that Allah Ta'ala sent wahi on the Prophet's heart that he has forgiven you, and now we can all talk to you and you can come back. So he came in such longing and yearning to Masjid Nabi and he went and he greeted the Prophet with so much love. So this is another story of Tawbah. The lesson of this story is that you have to be true. You have to accept our sins. This is called Iqrar bin Dhunub. To acknowledge and admit when we sin that we have to acknowledge and admit we made a mistake. This is what Sayyidina Kaab ibn Malik did. He acknowledged it. He admitted it. He accepted it. He didn't try to deny it. He didn't try to deny it that no, no, it's okay. He didn't make excuses that I had to do it. I didn't have a choice. What else could I have done? No, no, he didn't make excuses. So this is another condition of truth, Tawbah, that we cannot make excuses for our sin. Next part of Tawbah is sometimes we make a sin against the commandments of Allah Ta'ala, but sometimes we make a sin in which we hurt somebody else. Hukuk al We violate someone. We hurt someone. So now there's an extra way to make tawbah. For this, you have to make it up to that person. You have to ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive you for doing that sin that you hurt somebody. And in addition, we have to ask that person to forgive us for the sin that we did. It's an extra condition to make true tawbah. So for example, let's say somebody did a ghiba, backbiting. Right? So we have to make, ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive us that we did the sin, and we have to ask that person. Now by asking that person, it's not required that you go and tell them exactly what you said. It's going to be difficult then. <laughs> you don't have to go to them and tell them that, you know, a week ago I said this about you. Would you forgive me? There, you may find some very nice person who will forgive you after you tell them what you said, but it would be difficult for you. So then our ulama taught us that you don't have to say exactly what you said, you can use a general sentence. For example, that, oh my friend, you probably have some rights over me, and maybe I have some rights over you. 
Wouldn't it be so good if we forgive one another these rights for the sake of Allah Ta'ala so we can go to Jannah quicker on the Day of Judgment? I forgive my rights over you. So if the person says, yeah, even if they say something like, yeah, sure, whatever, it's done. <laughs> you're home, you're clear. <laughs> even if they smile at you, you're clear. Even if they nod, you're clear. So you can use a general statement like that. You don't have to specifically say what it was. Right? But it's important. If you don't know where they are anymore, let's say, I don't know how to reach them. I don't know how to meet them. Okay, then you should give some sadaqah and make intention that the sawab of this goes to them. Do some good deed and dedicate it to them. Right? Put something in their account, so to speak. That is one to make a Make dua for them. That Allah Ta'ala, I don't know where they are, so wherever they Ta'ala make, send your special hidayah on them and accept this dua of mine for them as a compensation for the hurt and the harm and the betrayal I did to them. You have to do it. You have to think creatively how to make up the sins that we did for others. The ulama and mashayikh say that if you want to become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not possible to get the qurb to become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you keep hurting people. The only way we can become beloved to the qurb, this is a word Allah ta'ala uses in Quran, ulaikahumul muqarrabun, that these are the people who Allah ta'ala draws near to Him. So if we want the qurb of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to stop hurting the hearts of other people. In fact, one of the greatest sins is to hurt the heart of another person. That's why in our deen, Nabi Akhrizam taught us that we should never have su'idhan. Because we should never think negatively, think critically. And this is a big problem with believers today. They're always critically looking at one another. Always negatively evaluating one another. Always trying to think that they're better than the other person. They have a lot of ujub and kibr and takabur. They think they're better. This is very bad. This is negative thinking. Then it may happen that a person says that when I make Toba, I am scared that I'm going to break the Toba. Why? Not just to fear, but I actually have done exactly the same thing before. That I did the sin and I made Toba and then I broke the Toba and I repeated the sin. Then again I did Toba, then again I broke the Toba, and again I repeated the sin. So I don't know what to do. Should I make Toba? Is there any hope for me? So the answer to this question is that yes, you must make Toba. And if you make the sin a thousand times, make Toba a thousand times, there's no limit. There's no limit. You keep trying. Just like a person, look, if you get dirty, you take a shower. Can you imagine somebody saying, no, I'm not going to take a shower. Why? Because what's the point of taking a shower? I'm just going to get dirty again. Can anybody think like that? If a person thinks like that, you will say, okay, please don't sit next to me. (laughs) Right? If this is your philosophy of life, that you're not going to take a shower because you're going to get dirty again. So I'm not going to wash my clothes. Why? Because they're just going to get dirty again. So literally, Toba is like the laundry machine of our Iman. You get dirty, you go in the laundry machine of Toba. You get dirty again, you go back in the laundry machine of Toba. You may have to do this 1,000 times. We don't know. When will we be rescued from this sin? Maybe there may be some sin that we're so addicted to it that the only way out is when we make Toba 1,000 times from that sin. So keep doing it. Keep doing it. Eventually Allah Ta'ala will rescue us. Eventually Allah Ta'ala will take us out. So we should never hesitate that, oh, I'm not going to do Toba again because I've done it already so many times. Keep making Toba, keep making Toba, keep making Toba. 
What does a person get when they make tawbah? When a person makes tawbah, they get the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ التَّوَّابِينَ That Allah ta'ala loves the people of tawbah. Look at this verse. Allah ta'ala could have said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ التَّوَّابِينَ Even that would have been huge. That Allah ta'ala forgives the sinners who make tawbah. Allah ta'ala could have said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُتُوبُ Allah ta'ala relents and accepts the repentance of the people who make tawbah. No. Allah ta'ala said in Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ يُحِبُّ Allah Ta'ala loves the tawabin, not even ta'ibin, tawabin. It means in Arabic to be tawab. Tawab means the person who keeps making tawbah, who makes a lot of tawbah, who continually makes tawbah. Who's going to continually make tawbah? The person who continually sins. So it means in Quran, Allah Ta'ala said that that person who is repeat offender, who is repeat sinner, who keeps sinning, who's continually sinning, who's constantly sinning, but Along with that, they keep repenting, keep begging Allah's forgiveness. They're constantly making tawbah, continuously making tawbah. Allah Ta'ala says, I love such people. It means Allah Ta'ala has extended His love in Quran to even the sinning believers. As long as those sinning believers keep making tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they make themselves from the tawabin. So tawabin is a way to make ourselves from the mahbubin of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How happy does Allah Ta'ala get? Sayyidina Rasulullah said in a beautiful hadith that Allah Ta'ala loves. Allahu Afrahu. Allah Ta'ala is even more happy with the tawbah of their servant. And then Nabi Kareem Sallallahu gave two, three examples. Number one is that a mother who has lost her child, so child has gone missing. Right? And you can imagine then a mother how much she will be worried that her child got missing, child got kidnapped, and she won't be able to sleep at night. How will she live? This would be a torment for her. And imagine now years, and I'm going to add, I'm commenting now, imagine years go by. And then one day, finally, somehow she's reunited with her child. Can you imagine the happiness that the mother has at this moment? Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam said, Allah Ta'ala is even more happy than that. When his runaway slave, his sinning abd, turns back in tawbah towards the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is more happy that my abd has come back to me. He's making tawbah to me. He's asking me for my mercy. He's turning to me again. Allah Ta'ala is even more happy. Second example Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam gave was of a woman who is not able to have a child. She can't conceive, Right? And maybe she's been married for years and she can't have children, she can't have children, she's making dua to Allah Ta'ala, dua to Allah Ta'ala. For years she wanted. And then finally she conceives and she has a baby. Now you know how much love that particular, all mothers love their babies, but that woman who had to go through this process, how much love she will have for her baby, how much she will clasp her baby to her chest, how happy she will be at the delivery of that baby. Allah Ta'ala is even more happy when the abd makes tawbah to him. More happy than that mother. Then Sayyidina Rasulullah gave a third example. That when there's a person who is lost in the desert, and he has nowhere to go, no guide, no map, his food runs out, his drink runs out, basically now death is yakin. he's certain he's going to die. And he falls asleep, or you can say falls unconscious out of weakness because of that. And then he wakes up and he sees his camel is back there. (laughs) 
He lost his camel with all his goods. And then he wakes up and he sees his camel somehow has managed to come back. The happiness that that man has in the desert, when his camel is returned to him, even more happy than that, Allah Ta'ala is happy when his abd comes back in Tawbah to him. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Look how much love Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has for sinners. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala loves them when they make Tawbah to him. Allah Ta'ala is very happy when they make Tawbah from him. So it means that we should learn how to make Tawbah. We should make this Tawbah. Allah Ta'ala is offering to delete all the sins, erase all the sins if we make Tawbah. There was a great alim in Pakistan, his name was Mufti Muhammad Shafi Namtale. He said a very interesting thing. He said that if a person commits a sin, they will have to burn in one fire, one of two fires. Either they will show up to Allah on the Day of Judgment with that sin, then they will have to go into the fire of Jahannam to be purified of that sin. You see, there are two types of people who go to the hellfire. One are the disbelievers. They have to go there forever. And then there's another type, which are the sinning believers. So they have to go to the hellfire for some time. Why did they go to the hellfire for some time? Because the fire of Jahannam will purify them of their sins. And then once they're purified, they will go to Jannah. You can imagine like this that gold... When gold has impurity in it, so what does the jeweler do? He melts the gold. When he melts the gold in the fire, so the gold goes on one side and the impurities go on the other side. So the believer who has sinned, he had the gold of Iman. He had the gold of Iman. But he also had some impurities. So they have to be melted. And when they're melted in the fire of Jahannam, then the impurities go on one side. And when the gold is left, then they eventually go into Jannah. So that's one route. One way to get to Jannah is through Jahannam. That's one fire. There's one fire that can purify our sin. Let me tell you maybe, although it's scary, but you have to know these things as part of our deen. Alright? Sayyidina Rasulullah has mentioned in hadith, different hadith, the least punishment and the most punishment of Jahannam. Least punishment of Jahannam means what's the shortest stay that a person will have in Jahannam, that they will be placed once over the fire of Jahannam for one lamha, for one moment. They will be placed, not in, but over, on top of the fire of Jahannam for one moment. But in that one moment even, the fire of Jahannam is so much that it will course through their whole body and the words, it will melt their brain. The heat of the fire of Jahannam will be such that even when they're placed over it for one moment, it will melt their brain. Allah Akbar. And look, me and you, we can't even take the hot summer sun. We need fan, we need air conditioning. Those of us live in hot countries. Hmm? If our finger touches the kettle for one second, we go, ah! Right? We get burnt in our little finger. We can't take it. Hmm? This is our state. If for some reason the water in the shower comes too hot, we scream. We can't take it. Who in the world are we to think that we will be able to take even one second of the fire of Jahannam? No way. None of us have that capacity. None of us have that ability. Allahumma ajirna minan nar. Then another hadith. Who is the, so this is the first person to go out of Jahannam. It has just this. Who is the last person? This is another interesting hadith. 
St. Osulam said that after Day of Judgment and everything is done and people have Jannah and Jannah and people have Jannah and Jannah and the Hadith doesn't say how much time passes but the sense is a long period of time passes and then Allah Ta'ala calls the Ahl Jannah and He asks them that is there anybody in Jahannam that you recognize as having a drop of Iman? So the people of Jannah, they look into Jahannam, Allah Ta'ala enables them to do that and they start telling Allah Ta'ala that yes, this one had iman, or we knew he had iman, this one had iman, this one had iman. So whoever they say, Allah Ta'ala takes them out and starts sending them into Jannah. Then Allah Ta'ala asked the Ahl Jannah, are you all done? They say, yes, we're all done, Allah Ta'ala, from all of us. Whoever we knew who had iman, we told you, we pointed them out. So then Allah Ta'ala himself then takes out two scoops of people. This is the literal meaning here. Two scoops, two groups, you can say. Two sets. You know, like scoopful like this. Two scoops of additional people. So the people of Jannah ask, Ya Allah, who are these people? None of us can recognize they had any iman. So Allah Ta'ala said, Yes, these are those people who had the faintest trace of iman that it was not known to anyone, it was only known to me. They had a drop of iman. And yes, that's the nature of iman. Sometimes young men, young women today Right, they just take one course in philosophy at university and they try to give up Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not so easy to erase this iman. You know that? They may think they might call themselves an atheist or not atheist. It's not so easy. You know like the lead pencil when you write and you erase it, it doesn't really go away. The mark doesn't fully go away. Even if you have the best eraser, white, Norwegian, German, Stateler eraser, it still doesn't go away fully. And you put it under the microscope, you can tell no, there was a bit of graphite carbon, it was still there. Just like that, there are some people in this world, they may even try to erase their iman. They may even think they have erased it, but it's not so easy to erase. Allah Akbar. So they have some faint trace of iman. Allah Ta'ala takes them out. But now the scary part of the hadith, so that Sayyidina describes their condition. When they're taken out from the fire of Jahannam, they're charred and burnt and blackened beyond recognition as humans. That is their state. Allahu Akbar. Because they've been there for Allah knows how long. Then Allah Ta'ala takes them and then He puts them in Hawzi Kothar. The people who go straight to Jannah, they will drink from Hawzi Kothar, inshallah, from the hands of the Prophet on the way to Jannah. This group will do ghusl in Hawzi Kothar. They will be submerged in Hawzi Kothar and then when they're taken out from that water, then they're again restored to their condition. Then Allah Ta'ala puts a seal on their forehead and that stamp says, Utaqa'ur Rahman. That these are the ones who were freed by the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Freed by all merciful Allah. And then they enter into Jannah. Then they will spend some time in Jannah, spend some time in Jannah. Then Allah Ta'ala will ask them, that are you happy here? And they say, oh Allah Ta'ala, we are so happy here. And we were in a terrible place before. And we're in a wonderful place right now. And Allah Ta'ala will ask them, is there anything more you want? They say, yes Allah Ta'ala, we want one thing. We want that you put this stamp on our forehead and yes, we are only freed because you are the almost full one. But we want you to remove this label because it's the only thing reminding us of that past. So Allah Ta'ala removes that label from their forehead. This is the last person to leave, Jahannam. So Mufti Muhammad Shafi'i said that if you make sin, whoever commits a sin, that whoever commits a sin, they will have to face the consequences. So he said they have to burn in one of two fires. One possibility is the fire of Jahannam. And the other possibility is the fire of Tawbah. 
that they can burn their sins away through the fire of Toba by shedding tears, hot tears of remorse and repentance. So it's much better for us that we burn our sins in the fire of Toba so we don't have to burn at all in the fire of Jahannam. So we must make true Toba to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Must make true Toba to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next question is that how do I make this Toba? What am I supposed to do? Is there something I'm supposed to say? Is there some particular method? So there are answers of this in hadith. First, Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, An-Nadma, An-Nadmu Tawbah, that just remorse and regret is equal to Tawbah. Means even if you don't say anything with your tongue, even if you don't do anything, but in your heart you feel true Nadma, you are Nadim, means you feel true remorse, regret, shame over your sin, that also counts as Tawbah. Allahu Akbar. What could be more easy than that? No condition. You don't have to be in wudu. You don't have to be in the masjid. You don't have to be facing qibla. 24-7 you have access to the door of Tawbah. Just feel that remorse and regret and repentance in your heart. That's one way of making Tawbah. Second way of making Tawbah is that a person should make Tawbah with some people. Make Tawbah with some people. So this is mentioned in the Quran and this is as follows. For Sahaba Ikram, they made Tawbah with Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, فَاسْتَقِمْ kama umirta wa man taba ma'ak Allah Ta'ala tells the Prophet that you should have istikamat. You should be steadfast. Kama umirta. As you have been commanded to have istikamat, to be steadfast. Wa man taba ma'ak And anyone and everyone who made Tawbah with you, they should also be steadfast on deen. So Sahaba were lucky people. They got to make Tawbah with Sayyidina Rasulullah We don't have that opportunity. But in Hadith, there's a very interesting Sahih Hadith of the Prophet where he talks about a story. That there was a person from some earlier community and he killed 99 people. But the mass murder, he killed 99 people and then he went and he was asking that, is there any way my Tawbah can be accepted? So he asked one person, can my Tawbah be accepted? And that person said, no. There is Now you killed 99 people. There is no way your Tawbah will be accepted. So you know what he did? Allah Akbar. He killed that person. He killed him. He killed that person. Now he killed 100 people. And again he starts searching and looking that is anybody who can guide me. So then he finds an alim. And this is another part of the date. The first one was a rahib. And the second was an alim. Because the ulama, they understand deen. So he asked the second person. He said, yes. What's ma tuhulu bainaka wa bainat toba? What is there that's coming between you and toba? No problem. You can make toba. So he got happy. He said, how? So this alim, he told him that you have to go. You have to leave this place. And you have to go to a particular place, kada wa kada, some place, such and such place. Why? Huna unasun, ya'budun Allah. Because there, there are some people there, they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fa'budullaha ma'ahum. And you should go and make ibadat of Allah ta'ala with them. And Allah ta'ala accept your tawbah. 
Now, this is a story of a previous community, but when Sayyidina Rasulullah tells us that story, it becomes sunnah. It's part of the sunnah teaching. So this is also a teaching in deen, that we have to go to the pious people and make tawbah to Allah with them. So this person, he set out. He said, okay. And he started walking towards that place. Now, as fate would have it, when he was walking towards that place, he passed away. When he was walking towards that place, he passed away. And he passed away in the middle. Now, when he passed away, two types of angels came. One are those angels who collect the rue that is going to go to Jannah. They take it out very gently, softly. And the other was those angels who take the rue that is destined for Jahannam. They take it out very painfully. And another hadith is mentioned that those angels, when they take the rue, it's like claws. It's like they claw out the rue of a person. And even that process is extremely painful. So both type of angels showed up. And now there's a dispute. Which one will he go? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent another angel to decide the matter between them. And that angel came in the form of a human being. So that angel said, okay, look, you measure. Measure the distance. Was he closer to his hometown where he committed these murders? Or is he closer to the place of those pious people that he was traveling to meet them and worship Allah with them and make tawbah to Allah with them? Which one is he closer to? So when it was mapped, the angels mapped the distance, he was closer to the place of the pious people, so it was decided you should take him to Jannah. Now Sayyidina Qatada, Rimullah was a great tabi, he narrates an extra part of this hadith, which he narrates from Sayyidina Hassan, the grandson of the Prophet And that is as follows, that this person, when he fell sick, he didn't just die instantly, he first fell sick, and he was more sick, but he kept walking, he kept walking. He kept trying to reach those people. And then he was more sick and more sick. He kept walking, such that he started crawling. When he was almost dying, he started crawling, and he passed away in the state that he was crawling. That's called Tawbat al-Nasuh. That's called Tubu ilallahi Tawbat al-Nasuha. That's sincere repentance. He was striving, reaching out to please Allah Ta'ala. Even he was crawling towards his Tawbah. He was dragging himself towards his tawbah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted his tawbah. <coughs> so last thing for tonight then. So we mentioned two things. One is you can make tawbah alone in your heart silently. Second is we can make tawbah by going to the people who love Allah Ta'ala or beloved to Him and make tawbah to Allah with them by doing ibadah with them, by learning from them. Like Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanatakullaha wa kunu ma sadiqeen. Now there's another thing that when you make true tawbah, you also have to remain true to that tawbah afterwards. So how to remain steadfast on Tawbah. Okay, I made the Tawbah. How to remain true to my own Tawbah. So for that, the ulama and Mashaikh have mentioned a few things. Number one, every day we should recite Qur'an al-Kareem. We should connect ourselves to the book of Allah. When you're connected to the book of Allah, you're connected to Allah. When you're disconnected from the book of Allah, you're disconnected from Allah. And when we're disconnected from Allah, Ta'ala, we go back to our old ways of sin. So if we want to remain steadfast, remain true to the Stoba, we should recite Qur'an al-Kareem every day.
Some days when we have more time, we can recite more. If those days you have less time, you can recite less. But there should be no day that is empty of recitation of Qur'an. Second, is that every day we should make istighfar. Every day we should seek the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala daily. Why? Because daily we make some mistakes. Daily we make some sins. Sayyidina Rasulullah taught us to make istighfar hundred times a day. So you can make istighfar. One such sentence is what we told you earlier. Astaghfirullah Rabbi min kulli wa atubu ilayh to make istighfar hundred times a day. Third, is that we should recite Salawat Durood Sharif on Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu said, so it's not a hadith, it's a statement of a sahabi, it's called Qawl al-Sahabi. As-Salatu al-Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that reciting uh, salutations and blessings on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that it erases the sins the same way that cold water puts out the fire. So we should recite salawat on the Prophet. Why? Because the Prophet, first Allah told us, Sallu alayhi wa sallam Second, the Prophet told us that when you recite one blessing on me, Allah will recite ten blessings on you. So those blessings of Allah Ta'ala Salawatullah on us, they help erase our sins, help keep us steadfast in our tawbah. Fourth thing, is we should keep the company of the pious people. Kunu ma sadiqeen, sobat of salihin. Attend gatherings of nasiha, attend majalis of nasiha, interact with the people of nasiha, try to become a person of nasiha. <coughs> this helps us Remain steadfast on our tawbah. Next is to make dua. To make dua that Ya Rabbi Kareem, I made tawbah from the sin, but I have no trust in myself. I have no faith. I don't have any etimad in my nafs. So I'm making dua to you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You keep me in your hifaza. You protect me. You safeguard me. You protect me from ever repeating that sin. So it means a person should have a fear. You should fear Allah Ta'ala before sinning and have hope in His mercy after sinning. So the two feelings, fear and hope. Fear is supposed to be what we feel before sin. And hope is what we're supposed to feel after sin. Shaitan tries to twist it on us. He tries to make us feel hope in Allah's mercy before we sin. That's okay, you go out and sin, Allah will forgive you. He makes us hopeful of the mercy, so He makes us sin. After we sin, He makes us feel fear. He makes us feel scared that, oh, I made the sin. Now what's the point of me doing anything? There's no point in me praying Salah this morning. I did this sin at night. He makes us lose hope. It's wrong. That's why Allah says in the Quran, لَا تَكْنَتُوا مِرَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِي أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَكْنَتُوا مِرَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Qul say to them, my beloved messenger, Ya ibadi, you're still my slaves. Which slaves? The ones who wrong their own selves by committing sin. Never despair of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. No matter how many sins you do, you can't put yourself out of the reach of Allah's mercy. Allah Ta'ala's mercy has limitless reach. 
Indeed, Allah Ta'ala forgives all sins entirely. So to have fear before the sin, so we don't do it, and if that fails and we do the sin, to have hope in Allah Ta'ala's mercy after we commit the sin. Something that also helps us in our Tawbah is Sayyidina Rasulullah he taught us to visit graves. Why? Not to worship there, to visit grave, to remember the death. To stand there and think that I'm also going to, this is my real home. I'm also going to be getting a house like this. I'm also going to be six feet under the ground. I'm also just going to be a forgotten person in some cemetery of the world. Who remembers? How many of us even know the name of our great-grandfather? I know the name of my father. I know the name of my grandfather. I know the name of my great-grandfather. I don't know beyond that. I have no idea what the name even was of my great-great-grandfather. Most of us are like that. Most people end up like that. Forgotten. Mansiya. Forgotten in this world. Like when you go to the grave, you will see most of these people in the graves, the relatives don't even know they're buried here. You happen to just show up and walking past their grave. Hmm? So when we visit the grave, means the purpose of that is to remember death. Dhikrul maut. To remember death and dying. Let me tell you something that our shaykh, he tells us, and we tell our friends this often. And he teaches us the following. Listen carefully with your heart. We have not been sent to this world to live a good life. We have not been sent to this world to live a good life. We've been sent to this world to die a good death. We're so busy trying to live a good life. How many of us have been ready to die a good death? How many of us are prepared to die a good death? Today people, they're worried about their children. They say, oh, I don't know what's going to happen to my children after I die. What does it mean? That after I die, what's going to happen to my children in the dunya? Instead they should think that I don't know what's going to happen to my children after they die. What's going to happen to my children when they show up on the Day of Judgment? What's going to happen to my children in the Akhirah? Why are we just worried about their dunya? That what's going to happen to them in dunya after I die? We should think, no, what's going to happen to them when they die? This is my greatest worry. If I'm getting old, I'm going to pass away from this world. My worry is, what is going to happen to my kids when they die? What is their akhirah going to be? Have I trained them to be prepared for that day of judgment? Why am I worried about, have I left enough money for them in this world? So we are totally in a different frame of mind. In a different frame of mind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has one name of His, Tawab. Now what does that mean that Allah Ta'ala is At-Tawwab? This is another beautiful thing. On the one hand, when we say we are Tawwab, that means we are repenting to Allah Ta'ala. When Allah Ta'ala calls Himself At-Tawwab, it means He is accepting our repentance. Like I told you, Tawwab, when we use it, it means that we keep repenting to Allah. When Allah Ta'ala is At-Tawwab, it means He keeps accepting our repentance. So the fact that Allah Ta'ala's name is At-Tawwab, it means He accepts our tawbah not just once. Okay, I'll accept it once, and but if you sin again, no. No. Allah Ta'ala being a tawab means He keeps and keeps and keeps accepting our tawbah. He continually accepts our tawbah. 
We make sin a thousand times, make tawbah a thousand times, Allah Ta'ala accepts it a thousand times. That's why He says, Anat-Tawab. Allahu Akbar. So Allah Ta'ala is the acceptor of tawbah. Allah Ta'ala accepts every single tawbah we meant. So now this is the real way that we should be forgiven. That we have to make tawbah for our sins. And our problem, especially those of us who come to the masjid, is we're actually even worse sinners. Because there are some believers, they sin because they have ignorance. They sin because they didn't know. Right? Me and you aren't like that. When me and you sin, we sin knowing that it's sin. We sin aware that it's sin. We sin for the pleasure of sin. That's why we sin. Can you imagine? Hmm? That's even worse. That's even worse. To commit a sin to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not out of ignorance, not out of neglect, not out of forgetfulness, but we do it knowingly. We do it willfully. We do it consciously. We do it deliberately. We do it repeatedly because we're pleasure seeking. We do the sin either to get some pleasure or we do it to get some benefit. So the toba for that then is to feel toba over the pleasure that you got from that sin. For the people like us, we have to feel remorse and regret and repent for the pleasure that we got from the sin. Not just the act itself. The benefit that we took. The pleasure that we got. Maybe you committed some monetary sin. You got some monetary benefit. You have to make toba from that benefit. So it's only when we start viewing sin as loss, not as benefit. If we start viewing sin as torment, not as pleasure. It's only then that you can say that we've really made this tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should remember that everything I ever did in my life is going to be presented in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything I say, everything I do, everything I think, everything I feel, every sin I did with my eye, every sin I did with my ear, every sin I did with my body, every single one is going to be presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our feeling should be that I'm no, I'm going to make tawbah. I'm not going to rest. I will remain restless until I erase every single sin. Until I hit the delete button of tawbah on every sin. I have to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way that I wipe away all the sins. And if I make this tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah ta'ala will definitely accept my tawbah. And then I will meet Allah ta'ala on the day of judgment in such a state that He's happy with me. He's pleased with me. He's forgiving with me. That He'll send his mercy down on me and he will admit me into Jannah and then I will live in Jannah forever. This is the type of tawbah you should make. To get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala special mercy so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our niyat of tawbah on this night. May he enable us to make true tawbah in every sense. May he make us fulfill every condition of tawbah every element of tawbah. May he make us serious about our tawbah steadfast about our tawbah وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين مجد سبحان ربنا ومهاب الله مسني على سيرنا محمد وعلى آل سيرنا محمد ومبارك وسلم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تكفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اكفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين يا الله رب كريم ويرويك needy sinning servants and slaves Ya Allah we came here tonight to make tawbah to you to learn how to make tawbah to you to make tawbah to nusuh Ya Allah 
Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept it from us, Ya Allah. Make us sincere in our toba. Make us steadfast in our toba. Make us strong in our toba. Ya Rabbi Kareem, so many times we have tried to turn to you, but then the nafs pulls us back, shaitan pulls us back, dunya pulls us back, makhluk pulls us back. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make it different this time. Make us successful this time. Give us falah in our toba. Make us faiz in our toba. Make us triumphant in our toba. Ya Rabbi Kareem, for so many years our Nafs has been ruling us. Ya Allah, please get us rid of this nafs amara. Grant us nafs mutaminna. Grant us a nafs that is pleased with you. A nafs that obeys you. A nafs that is muttaki. Ya Rabbi Kareem, rescue us from our sin. Take us out from our sin. Ya Rabbi Kareem, you said in Quran, Allahu waliyul ladhina amanu, yukhrijuhum min al-dhulamati ilan nur. Akhrizna ya Allah. Take us out from the darkness of sin. Ya Allah, we are surrounded in an environment of sin so many opportunities of sin so many temptations of sin so many memories of sin Ya Allah delete it Ya Allah just erase it all Ya Rabbi Kareem erase the capacity of sin inside us erase the memories of sin in our mind erase the thoughts of sin that we have erase the temptations of sin that we have Ya Rabbi Kareem it is easy for you Ya Allah you are the muzaki hakiki you are the true purifier Ya Rabbi Kareem purify our heart of all of its inner sins take out all the unlawful lust from our heart take out all the greed from our heart take out all the envy from our heart take out all the arrogance from our heart take out all the negativity from our heart and your Nabi Kareem fill our heart with the adab and akhlaq of Nabi Kareem وسلم, put in our heart a love for you love for Islam love for Quran love for Nabi salam, love for his seerah love for his sunnah love for his sahaba love for the siddiqeen love for the ulama love for the awliya, love for the shuhada, love for the salihin, love for all mu'mineen, Ya Rabbi Kareem, and take out all the unlawful loves from our heart, the romantic loves, the lustful loves, the materialistic loves, the vain loves, and Ya Rabbi Kareem, put in our heart humility, Ya Allah, make us humble, make us soft, make us kind, make us gentle, Ya Allah, put in our heart a fikr for this ummah, a compassion for this ummah, a concern for this ummah, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask you, we beg you, we have no one else to turn except for you. Ya Allah, you are our only Rabb, you are our true Rabb, you are our loving Rabb, you are Afu and Kareem, you are Al-Ghaffar Al-Ghafoor, you are Al-Hanan Al-Manan, you are Al-Rahim Al-Rahman, Ya Allah, you are At-Tawab, Ya Allah, accept our Tawbah on this night, make us amongst the Tawabin Mahbubin, Ya Allah, you said in Quran, Inna Allah Yuhibbu Tawabin, Ya Allah, we got such great hope from this ayah. We have so much yearning from this ayah that sinners like us can also be your mahbubin. People like us can also be your beloveds. Ya Allah, make us amongst those tawabin who become your mahbubin. Ya Allah, accept it tonight. Make us steadfast. Don't let us go back into our sin. Don't leave us astray. Don't let us be misguided. Ya Allah, if ever after tonight again we turn towards sin, stop us, Ya Allah. Guide us, Ya Allah. Put a fear in our heart for that sin. Put an awe of you in our heart. Put the majesty of you in our heart. Ya Allah, if ever our mind starts to think about sin, remind us, Ya Allah, put the dhikr of you in our mind. Put thoughts of you in our mind. Ya Rabbi Kareem, if any friend tries to invite us to sin, any person tries to invite us to sin, protect us, Ya Allah. Keep us in your hifaza, Ya Allah. Protect our iman. Ya Allah, our very iman is at risk. Nabi Kareem, some said, Al-Haya'u iman. Ya Allah, we have broken our haya. We have left our haya. We have 
sacrificed their haya, our iman is at risk, yet in Bikrin, make us people of haya. Grant all the women here tonight a haya that resembles Sayyidina Maryam radiallahu ta'ala anha. Grant all the men here tonight a haya that resembles Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. Yet you put these two beautiful stories in Quran, we fail to learn from them, we fail to model ourselves after them, we make toba for this sin. Yet grant us haya, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Protect us in haya, enshroud us in haya, adorn us with haya. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us libas of taqwa, put the robe of taqwa around us, grant us sibghatullah, dye us in your color, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, grant us every ni'man bounty of deen, grant us akhirah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us jannah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Protect us on that day of judgment, be happy with us on that day of judgment, forgive us on the day of judgment. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, anyone who is making any heartfelt dua to you, Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant all the heartfelt du'as, fulfill all the pious wishes. In Ya Rabbi Kareem, we make dua for the Ummah, Ya Allah. Send your rahmah on the entire Ummah. Ya Allah, there may be some of us still, who are still sinning, and they're not turning to you. Ya Allah, we make istighfar for them. We seek your forgiveness for them. Send your mercy on them as well. Send your hidayah on them and us. Remind us of you always, Ya Rabbi Kareem. And we make special dua for the mudlumin of the Ummah, the mutaathireen of the Ummah, the oppressed and downtrodden of the Ummah, the weak in the Ummah. Ya Allah, send your special help towards them. Send your special karam towards them. Send your special mercy upon them. And we accept it for khidmat of this Ummah and khidmat of deen. Ya Allah, Ya Rahman Rahimeen. Ya Allah, put barakah in all of their lives. Ya became they came here tonight only and only seeking you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us our wish before we rise, before we go home. Make us amongst the magfurin. Ya Allah, put barakah in our homes. Put barakah in our families. Put barakah in our time. Put barakah in our health. Put barakah in our risk. Ya Rabbi Kareem, put barakah in our deen. Put barakah in our salah. Ya Allah, we also need in the salah to tanha and al-fafsha'i wal-munkar. Ya Allah, make our salah a salah of power. Make our salah have an effect on us. Make every ibadah have an effect on our heart. Make every ibadah change our heart. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us the real barakah of deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Rabbana takabbal minna innaka anta samiul alim. Wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawabul rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahim. Amen.